You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith. You are listening to the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. Uh, we've got a great show for you today, tonight. Uh, we check in on Captain America over for Chelsea. We talk about the U.S. men's national team and their friendly with Switzerland. And we have a lot of fun talking about the Pac-12 commissioner. So real excited about tonight's episode. Um, this week's episode is brought to you by the Anchor app, as always, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. For all your employment law and HR business needs, check out smithworkforce.com. So let's get right off to it with our good friend, Greg Sardarian. Greg, do I got you? You have me. I, that got dark. That got weird. We, we we moving forward with that? Uh, you can have me whenever you want me. Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, so for those of us, uh, or for those of you who, who don't know, we're recording this on Sunday evening. Um, America v. Switzerland was a couple hours ago, and the Champions League final was yesterday. So what do you want to start with? Uh, dealer's choice. Let's start with the good. Uh, Christian Pulisic. Uh, Champions League final uh, champion. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Way to get that trophy, young young blood. Uh, funniest part about what happened there. I mean, like, the, the game itself was interesting. N'Golo Conte is the best player uh, I've seen in that role in a, in a really long time. Um, for those of you who didn't watch, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. He was like, um, he was like watching Draymond Green. Um, like, you just watch a player who completely controls a game without like doing the flashy things. Um, but like, if you understand what you're watching or even if you don't, you can tell like, Oh, this guy is in control of everything that's happening. I mean, yeah. And uh, Pogba, I think we kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago. Pogba uh, 
said that when they went and when France went and won that World Cup, that their most important player was N'Golo Conte. He just, I think Draymond's an apt comparison. Somebody that's not necessarily going to fill up the stat sheet, but if you're watching the game, you're like, okay, this dude, this dude is in control. This dude knows what he wants to do with the ball. He knows where he wants it to go. He knows where he wants everybody to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, our boy, our our large, well, he's actually pretty small. Uh, our, our small adult son, uh, Christian Pulisic, comes on at like the 65th-ish minute. That uh, sounds right. I also, <laughs> I would like to just like touch on that real quick. Because like when you think of professional athletes, you think that all of them are just like these hulking, uh, you know, testaments to what God can make man be. And then he's like... Five foot six. Yeah, he's like five six, one thirty five, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. It's if you saw this dude on the street, you'd be like, "That is a small person." Like, okay, great. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I don't think that this person is going to get paid millions of dollars to be uh, professionally athletic. Yeah, uh, no. He is. <laughs> Very much is. So he comes on. He 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 probably could have should have had a goal i don't know if we're, we're saying should have but um definitely could have had a goal but it didn't matter because he won um and he played well like I, I think he played about as much you know he played the way he plays yeah and it was also kind of expected i mean we've talked about this before that we thought tuco was gonna maybe start him but probably not and i i guess this kind of solidifies that this is kind of how tuco sees pulisic is like his super sub off the bench that's going to come in and give a spark to the to the offense. I don't I don't really know how else to read into this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just how he sees him at this point, and that's it is what it is. I mean, I said on Twitter, um, and I'll say it again here: he needs to find a place where he he has a manager who wants to play him ninety, not twenty five. You know, like I I don't know what else there is to say about it. Yeah, so I don't, do you think that means going back to like a mid-table premier team on a loan or something, or do you think he's going to go back to Germany? I mean, I, I think that the best spot for him is is still. I mean, he's an elite player. You know, obviously there there are 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 moments in which he's indisputably the best player on the field against elite competition. So I don't think he needs to go down to like an, an Aston Villa or anything, or or like an even like an Arsenal. But you know, um, I think like he does need to go somewhere where where they're going to give him a shot to be the guy um so you know do i think that he's going to walk in and be the best winger for bayern munich no i don't but you know that that sort of like second level of elite which i would include chelsea in it's just his manager doesn't appreciate him you know that that level of of club i think absolutely is where he should be um it's just chelsea doesn't seem to have on a personal level worked out obviously on a club level it's worked out for everybody pretty well yeah i mean it's hard to fault anybody that gets to take home the champions league trophy at the end of the year um hasn't he been he's been linked to like man city and uh liverpool yeah so so i think i think he was he was linked pretty heavily to liverpool because they they their fans i don't know about their their actual club i don't have any inside information but their actual fans hate Sadio Mane because he's had a really tough year and then you have the American owner link so there's like that that theory like oh the Fenway Sports Group wants the Americans so that they can sell Liverpool jerseys in Boston or whatever Um, I I, I don't know how how 
you know, valid that is. But, um, I mean, he, he fits in in that system. He wouldn't have to defend, and Jurgen Klopp doesn't believe in defending. Right. I was going to say, I mean, it, the, the theory checks out, too. Cause you're, and Jurgen is, uh, you know, pretty open-minded in terms of he just wants you to play. He doesn't care if you're the American. He doesn't care, like you said, if you can play defense. As long as you can score, Jurgen's uh, probably in your corner. Yeah, so I think I think he actually would work well in their system, especially because they have their they love to have their their fullbacks bomb up, you know, Robertson and Trent Alexander. Right. Um. So like, Christian would be able to play in those sort of like th- that like inverted winger that America plays with, where he's like he's really an attacking midfielder, but they have him as a wig- winger, so it lets him you know collect the ball and then turn around and, and make plays with his feet, um, as opposed to like putting his heels on on the on the sideline and then trying to like run off people. Um, so I think, I think it would, it would be a fine spot, but that's sort of, that's later in the summer. That's beyond what, what we got to talk about here. I, I think it's, it's suffice to say he's better than Timo Werner. And the fact that <laughs> Timo Werner plays over him is uh, unconscionable. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a sunk cost fallacy. They, they put so much money into Werner that they have to play Werner. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, I, I, I do not have a better explanation for what is going on there. You know, um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like Tuchel has some sort of like affinity for his German countrymen. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But, um, you know, sunk cost fallacy or not, uh, I think Christian does need to sort of start thinking about like, is this, is this what I want to do for the rest of my career? Like, do I want to be a guy who plays 25 minutes a game? Um, and I don't know. I mean, look, Manu Ginobili did it for a career, right? Like Manu Ginobili was never really a starter. Um, and he's probably a first ballot hall of famer. So I don't know. I mean, if you win champions league titles and premier league titles and FA cups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a lot of value in it, but who knows? I say, I don't know if Manu is the, is the right uh, comparison here, but it does come down to, it really comes down to what Christian wants out of his own career. I mean, you can stay on at Chelsea. It kind of looks like they're going to be able to – I mean, they're a top six team, so they're probably going to be able to you know, challenge for the Premier League every couple of years anyway. But it certainly seems like they have a team that can compete for a little while. So does it matter more to him that he gets to be like the guy on a you know, second-tier, other second-tier Premier League uh, team? Or does he just want to collect trophies? Because sometimes, you know – Collecting trophies and whatever he's making, like, was it like 75 million pounds or something over his, the length of his contract? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it was 70 million dollars, like okay. 59 million pounds or something. Yeah, it doesn't matter. A lot of money. Yeah, so he's gonna get paid a lot of money. He's gonna get t- take home a lot of trophies. You know, there's it's kind of hard to turn that down, man. Yeah, and he gets to play with his childhood best friend with in, in Mason Mount. So, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of value there. And, and Roman Abramovich is a is a really well-respected owner, and he has more money than um, anybody. Like, on a, 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 in terms of, like, individual owners of clubs, I don't know that you're going to do better than Russian oligarch. Yeah, because not, uh, the amount of money he has isn't just the money on the balance sheet. Right. There's, there is money elsewhere. I mean, he's, he's Vladimir Putin's, like, best friend. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's talk about things that are less fun than Vladimir Putin. Uh, the game today, uh, the Swiss friendly, which I, I actually I need to get out in front of something. So I'm going to I'm going to monologue for a moment here. Um, it was a friendly. 
it was a friendly without the guy that we were just talking about for the last 10 minutes. Um, and for the first, until, until John Brooks went out, um, it was one-to-one. And this is a team, Switzerland. And look, they weren't playing their A squad either. Let, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. But they are a team that challenges for the Euros. They will get to the knockout stage, I would guess, of the Euros uh, this summer. They will be in the World Cup. Um, this is not this is not Costa Rica. This is not Honduras. This is a serious national team, and America was toe to toe on the on the score sheet and for for you know parts of the game. Um, they went right right toe to toe. Having said that, we are not at this level yet. I, I think that that's clear. I think when when John Brooks went out, um, when when Switzerland figured out some things, um, we got exploited. And, and I think that, you know, there was a lot of good to take away. I mean, Ethan Horvath, I thought, played really well. Um, you know, I thought, I thought uh, Gio Reyna and Brandon Aronson played really well. I thought John Brooks and Mark McKenzie played really well. But everybody who I'm not mentioning, I'm, I'm not mentioning for a reason. Um, <laughs> you know, but we, we, we can go sort of down the list. But what, what are your sort of your thoughts on sort of a broad level? Uh, so you say we're not on this level yet, but I, it, it kind of seems to me that it depends on what, um, you know, lineup we're going to be able to send out there. I think that, I guess, broadly speaking, you are correct. Like if we, if, if everything does not go perfectly for the U S men's national team, then no, they're not going to be able to compete at the level they need to compete it with. But I thought they looked pretty good for missing their, you know, best player. And for, I mean, Good for Horvath. He played well, but like, he's not goalie one. He's mm-hmm. not keeper one. Um, so it's it's not necessarily. I think it's. I guess the best way to say it is cautious optimism. Um, it definitely looks like some of the guys are buying into the system and understanding how to play with each other. And we do have the you know the bullet in the chamber that well we didn't play our best guy. He was off celebrating. He's probably still drunk from celebrating the champions league. Uh, uh, it seems likely. Also, I, I do want to point out here. We didn't like as, as much as we love cap, he's not our most important player. Um, that's Tyler Adams, who was also not there. Um, right. You're missing the most important and the best player. Yeah. And we still managed to, you know, get pretty close to a, uh, a, a good European club. Um, and I mean, the only reason that it was two, one instead of one, one is because uh, that stupid handball rule, man. I don't know what Des was supposed to do there. That was fired directly into his hand. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was, that was fun, but like, I, I think you look at it and I, I said going into the game that I was not going to pay attention to really anything that happened after the first sub because once you start subbing people out in this type of environment, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So, you know, as much as I would like to say like, oh yeah, like Yunus Musa looked good. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin looked good. Uh, Weya looked good. Like, I don't think it's useful. Um, I don't think it's helpful. You know, like, do, did I enjoy watching DeAndre Yedlin back on, on the field for the U.S. men's national team? Yeah, hell yeah. Like, I, he's great. I love him. Um, but it, it's not useful. So I, I think like going through the, the starters, is what's useful, and even the, the the starters who probably shouldn't be starters. Um, so let's let's sort of go. We, we we can go sort of line by line if you want, or or I can just sort of talk to the people who who I was 
most impressed and most disappointed with? Which would which would you prefer? Uh, option B. I'll just chime in when uh, you know they need a little pep talk because you're just you're not mad. You're just disappointed in them. So I, I need to start with Josh Sargent. Um, and I'm I'm someone who who does believe in Josh Sargent. We've talked extensively about the type of nine that Berhalter wants, and you saw with Sargent uh, in defense that he's committed. He's committed to the press, and the press looked really good at sometimes. Yeah, it did. Um, like there were moments where you where where it was suffocating, and you could see sort of what Berhalter wants and what he wants to do. Um, but the fact of the matter is is that your nine, your striker, your center forward needs to be able to get goals. And I'm not talking about scoring goals. I don't care if he's the, the last person to touch the ball. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if he's he's the you know fifth person who touched the ball. Like it doesn't matter, but he needs to be involved uh, in the buildup and in the, in the creation and or execution of goals. And I don't know how many times we saw him come back to get the ball. You know, Des leaves it for him. You know, a, a tough pass, sure, but you're playing against a tough team. Um, and the ball bounces off his foot like it's me playing out there, you know, and goes 20 yards in the wrong direction. Yeah, he doesn't um, have the, he needs to work on the softer touch. Yeah. Touch. And and the thing is, is that if he's not going to be, you know, that imposing Romelo Lukaku that we believe um, Daryl DK can be at his best, then he needs to be a, a Harry Kane coming back, getting the ball, turning, and, and firing it off to – to your wingers, to your center forwards, or your center center mids. Um, and, and it just wasn't happening today. Um, I do want to point out again here that it's one game. You know, we, we have a, a lot of minutes of Josh Sargent. Um, and I don't know that if, if today was an aberration um, or if it was he's been beaten down by playing for a terrible team for the last nine months. Um, but I was I was not all that happy with, with Josh Sargent. Um I was I was pretty impressed with Aronson and Reyna. We were talking about this during the game, but I thought Aronson was like he was the person I was I was most uh, happy with, and it's unfortunate because he's he's not a starter. But you know his pressing I thought was was the most impressive of anybody. Um, like on the on from the defensive standpoint, and I thought that he 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 handled the ball well, um, which was something that I think the team struggled with a little bit today. Um. What, what do you think about sort of like the, the, the Sergeant DK? Like, what are we, what are we doing with Sergeant? I, we've talked about this before. I, I'm always more of a, uh, a fan of the DK mold of striker, uh, you know, plant your big butt in front of the goal and just put as much power behind those kicks as you can get. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I think that and we've, we've also talked about this before in the current iteration of the U S men's national team, that's not necessarily the guy that you want up top. You're going to need to find somebody who can create and can help not just like you said, score goals, but kind of build up the goals. Um, even if that is, you know, taking the ball back at the halfway line and then just like firing a lead pass all the way down to a, to a winger or something like that streaking winger. Um, so I think that, I really think Berhalter is still kind of gambling on Sargent turning more into that guy, but but we're starting to get to the point where we've seen a lot of tape of him, and I I don't think his touch has really improved in the amount of time that I've been aware of him, uh, which admittedly is probably much less time than a lot of the people listening to this podcast have been. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 we're not giving up on Josh Sargent. It was one game. It, it happens. Uh, and it was a friendly, you know, like, look, there's a possibility that, that he shows up at Honduras, scores two goals, and then, you know, scores another and, and assists against Mexico. And, and we are, are sort of rolling our eyes at this. And then it was like, okay, it was a friendly in Europe. Who cares? Um, so the, the uh, sort of in that note, um, Weston McKinney looked like he, he was hungover. I don't know if he drinks. I don't, I, I think that he could not have cared less about the 90 minutes he was on, on the field, yeah. um, which is, which is fine. Like I, it's a friendly, I don't care. He's not a guy I'm worried about, but he, he looked completely disinterested. Right. I mean, I was going to say that it, it is just a friendly. And I think that some of these guys do take the opportunity to, I, I mean, some of the guys obviously are taking the opportunity because like, this is their shot to show that they should be in the, in the national team. They should be in the player pool. And then some of these guys are, know they're already there. And so this is just like kind of going through the motions. You don't, he just finished the season. Like you don't really need to be, doing he doesn't really honestly need to be doing this uh so i don't really blame him for kind of no. zoning out yeah i've i've no issues with that um i thought geo looked good uh I, I i don't think there's more to say than that he always looks good in the national team setup because he gets to play in sort of a role that allows him to do what i think he's good at um so i don't think we need to talk more about that um, oh yeah he's uh he's got to be our most consistent player right uh, he's up there. I mean, in terms of players who are actually on the field, yes. I mean, Tyler Adams, when he plays, is is the answer, but he's always hurt. Um, so I, I want the last person I want to talk about is is Tyler Adams' replacement. So I'm just going to go through the other people here. Um, Legette shoots every time. I appreciate it. He he's he's fine. He's fine. I don't have any strong opinions about Sebastian Legette other than the fact that. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply he's fine uh no we, i feel like we need to at least acknowledge a little bit the heat check like uh <laughs> i believe you said this on twitter that sebastian legit is the same as alan iverson if he's open he's taking the shot yeah and it's it just rings so true like there's a couple of those where he had the ball like outside the 18 box and <laughs> i mean there's space in front of him he's got teammates there and he's just like yolo no <laughs> and just, but he was like completely missed the net. It's like, dude, you need to you need to bring it in a little bit. Like, you need to involve other people. You're not going to do this on your own. Yeah, I mean, I I did appreciate the yellow swag of the whole thing, but that'll have to be dealt with. Um, yeah. So so the the, the way that that uh, Switzerland got both of their goals more or less was because Serginio Dest was not all that interested in playing defense today, which. Again, fine, whatever. He's he's not someone who's coming off the field in serious games, so I, I, I'm not getting into it. Um, as a result of that, John Brooks um, a couple times was in one-on-one situations, which is not where he thrives because he's not all that fast. Um, but he, he did fine, and, and it was fine. The problem came when he came off the field because uh, everything was completely disorganized. And that brings me to um, Tyler Adams' replacement, uh, Jackson Ewell 
who is a young guy. He was in the Olympic roster. He played well. They, the team didn't. Um, and this was his sort of, this was his audition to be uh, Adam's replacement. And I, um, you know, there was a lot of argument on Twitter. There's a lot of argument among fans about, is he, is he the backup? Like, is he the guy who, if Tyler can't go, we're going to play Jackson Yule. And I think that this game proved, at least to me, that he can't do it. Not, not that he's not a hard worker. He is. Not that he doesn't have some skills. He does. He, he sprays balls around the field really, really well. Um, but that's not what we need out of that role. We need that role to cover for the fact that our, our fullbacks attack. And Jackson Ewell is not fast enough. And I use this analogy um, because there's a, there's a concept in baseball that players who have zero errors and players who have a ton of errors are much more likely to be good defenders than players who have like a few errors because players who have a few errors are often not close enough for it to be counted as an error. So if you have a center fielder who's slow, he's not going to get to balls that he should get to and balls that you would say, Oh, that was an error. He should have had that. He's not even in the, in the, in the zip code. So you're not saying to yourself, Oh, he should have had that. You're saying to yourself, Oh, well, it was a gapper. Fine. Um, and Jackson Ewell was that that's what I was seeing. There was just so much space around him um, that he wasn't closing down. And I think Dest and Cannon, Cannon to a lesser extent, but de- certainly Dest, Dest uh, expects that to be Tyler Adams or Sergio Busquets. And when Jackson Ewell comes out there and he can't cover, then then you have situations in which the flanks are completely exposed. So, you know, look, I, I don't have anything against him. I think that if we played with a three-man back, uh, Jackson Ewell would be phenomenal because he could play in that sort of, um, like, deep-lying creator, and he wouldn't have the defensive responsibilities. But if we're going to play a 4-3-3 with attacking fullbacks, our six, that guy in the middle, needs to be fast, and he needs to be defensive. So I think that if, if Tyler can't go in the Nations League, I think it's Kellen Acosta. I think it has to be Kellen Acosta because otherwise you're, you're not going to allow Dest and Cannon or Dest and Robinson to get forward. And then you're just wasting, wasting talented players. Um, so like, I, I don't, I don't know what there is to do about that. I don't know if you just, if you completely reimagine what you're doing, but Jackson Ewell is not a like for like with Tyler Adams. And I don't think that that's offensive to say. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, for what do you call it? Kellen Acosta going into the Nations League. It's kind of like the idea of like, yeah, his ceiling isn't very high, but his floor is higher than most. Like, you understand what you're getting with Kellen Acosta. And it's more of a safety thing, just saying, like, I just need you to be able to cover this ground. I don't need you to be able, to, I don't need you to do anything else. Just do your job and everybody else will take care of it. And I think that's kind of where we're going here. Um, I mean, if Tyler, if Tyler Adams can go, Great. That's exactly what you want. If Tyler Adams can't go, it's sad to say, or like, yeah, it's sad to say, but like at that point, your philosophy should be like, should change more to uh, who's going to fuck up the least. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, um, there's a guy on, on Twitter at like Bill Harold, but it, the website is half spaces. And his theory is, is that soccer is a weak link game. So like in basketball, you can hide weak links much easier than you can in, in soccer. And we, you can't have the center of your midfield be a weak link. Like you just can't. So if, if Kellen Acosta comes in there and he doesn't mess up defensively, 
then you, you just sort of believe that like you're attacking talent in which is robust for this team, you know? I mean McKenney, Legette, Musa, Reyna, Aronson, Pulisic, Sargent, uh Cybershoot, like you're gonna score. You're gonna score goals with that group. Um but you can't you can't concede stupidly. Um and I think that that Acosta will is more likely to prevent that than anybody else. Um other than Tyler Adams, obviously. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, it's at that, at that point, it's more towards tuning your philosophy. Like you can't just stick to your philosophy all the time. You have to sometimes, you know, do damage control or like mitigation techniques. And I mean, sometimes the mitigation technique is the right technique. And in this case, based on what we've seen, I guess what we saw today, and then you know the history going back a little bit, the, I think the best mitigation technique we can have for that position is unfortunately right now Kellen Acosta yeah and I think down the road you know I, I like Busio the, the the 19 year old kid from from Kansas City um, I think he's probably the guy who I like most uh, in the future six role but for right now we have a Nations League semifinal in in you know when this drops three days um, so we'll we'll have a a, a, a full-on nation's league preview later uh in the week but i think looking backwards like I, I i think that like i've been pretty critical but reality is is that it was a friendly you know like the score doesn't matter it's it's how individuals played and if you look at the list i think of our of our 11 starters i can honestly say i was happy with the performance of seven which like fine we were missing four starters and, and I thought seven players played well. Like I was going to say, and how many of those seven are guys that are actually, or uh, how many of those four are going to be guys that are actually going to be playing in, you know, games that matter. And I mean, we're getting back to this and this is uh, something we have to keep in mind as well is like, yeah, you're a little critical and yeah, we kind of like are looking at stuff under, under uh, a microscope and everything. But like, just think about how thankful you are to be able to look at this so critically it, uh, at the U.S. Men's National Team in the year of Tebow's Lord 2021. Like, <laughs> let's go back to 2017. Would we really be, like, would a lot of these complaints even be happening or would they be, like, such, they'd be such bigger complaints and, like, we're, we're nitpicking now, but, like, we'd have such bigger problems back then. So it's kind of like we kind of have to appreciate how far everybody's come. Yeah, 100%. And the reality is, the reality is, is that we're complaining that we didn't, run switzerland off the field i mean switzerland's is good like they they have good players too um and i think like the reality is is that we we're 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 critical about this but the the truth is is that a this was a friendly b we didn't have our best and our most important players and those are different people um and and c um there was a lot of good there was a lot of of, of there there was you know segments of 10 or 15 minutes in which America controlled that game. You know, I, I think that there were, we, we were talking uh, at halftime, like was America the better team in the first half? And I don't know. I mean, there's an argument, but the fact that it was even an argument, I mean, is like, is so far and away um, better than we've been in, you know, since, since Tim Howard was playing Belgium in, in 2014. So a hundred percent we're we're critical, but but we're only critical because we have high expectations. I mean, we only have high expectations because these players and this team uh, have have brought us to that level. 
you know, we right. are at the level where we where we think like, no, 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 we should be able to stand up and look Switzerland in the eye. And for big spots of this game, we did. Right. Um, and it's the old adage of like good work earns you more work. So good results read this team uh, brings with it more higher expectations. Right. And so like, you know, the last the last I think nine games like America has, has blown people out. You know, like like you 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 beat Panama, who's a Concacaf side, six to two. You know, you beat Jamaica four to one. Um, so I I think I think all told, all told, you know, I'm 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 okay with today. You know, I, I there was a lot of criticism, but also I think uh, in some, you know, you look back on today and it was it was fine. You know, I I don't think that there's a need to uh, to to really be all that concerned. I think that there are certain things that you want to clean up going into this game against Honduras on Thursday. And we'll talk about that later, but um, I mean, all told I'm, I'm not upset about what happened today. You're not mad online. I'm not mad online. Um, Someone, Uh, someone did, someone did like try to get into it with me. Um, And like, I, I, like I, I wasn't engaging with it because I was doing other things after the game. But there's a guy in my mentions talking about like, see, this is what happens when you support MLS players. Cause I had said some positive things about Sebastian Legette. And I was like, well, that's a weird thing to say about the guy who scored a goal today. Uh, was it Grant Wall? Uh, it was not Grant Wall. Um, Grant okay, Wall but- and I are, are good friends. So he doesn't talk shit to me or, or I've even talked to me, but you know, we're very good friends. Ah, okay. Long time listener. <laughs> Long time listener, Grant Wall. Grant, we would love to have you on the program, um, but we just don't have time. So, uh, all right, coach, we'll, uh, we'll check back in on, on Tuesday night or Wednesday uh, and get, get ready for this Honduras game, which matters. And it's the first game that, that has mattered for, for the men's national team since 2019. So get excited. Go team. Go team. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out? Completely free. Completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like... You got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any, any moron can do it because again, I do it. Now that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can, I can, I don't really know how to edit, but you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy you're just not that good at it it's all right and we when we say you we mean the royal you listener not just you asa uh or you greg right uh and not just you greg you greg but you greg greg burrow who who i assume listens does do we have confirmation that greg burhalter listens to the podcast we have confirmation that a greg listens to the podcast why do we need a second one i mean you certainly don't need an extra g no, that's just right. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but you know, people listen to our our podcast, and they they listen to it all over the place. So, does that happen by magic? 
it it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Our what more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pra- paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're, we're, we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So, do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action, or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So, dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Tim, do I have you? Yeah, hey, I'm here. Welcome to the Touchline. Welcome back to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. How you doing? Oh, you know, living the dream. How about yourself? I mean, it's it's Friday afternoon. What could be the problem? <laughs> it's, a, it's actually like pouring rain here. It's supposed to be a, a horrible weather weekend. So lots of uh, inside time and as a result, probably working. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, as a resident of Southern California, I totally know what that's like. Yeah, that's uh, that is one thing about Southern California is, I mean, well, you get it, but it's like a drought though. So there's right. like some downside of it is that like you're in a perpetual drought, but like you can always go outside and never have to work. Like you don't need to own an umbrella. Uh, yeah, I, I have an umbrella in my car um, that has not come out of the car since New Jersey. It, it's almost like why even bother having the umbrella? Like sell it on eBay for three dollars, and you'll be like three dollars better off than if you would have kept the umbrella. Uh that's yeah. But like, what's the what's the opportunity cost there? You know, like, do I have to like what that one time that it rains and it rains for like two hours? You know, oh. like where am I? Oh, oh, you think that you're gonna like actually be able to locate the umbrella the one time that year it rains? Fact. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Okay, so speaking of California, that's 
that's the segues that they, they pay me the big bucks for. That's I, I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> to see where you're going with that in a big state. Uh, so up in San Francisco, we, uh, we have a new Pac-12 commissioner. Yes. Um, so, so let's talk about George Kliakov. Kliakov? Kliakov sounds right. Kliakov? Kliakov sounds right. All right, let's go with Kliakov. Um, so as our, our resident Pac-12 correspondent, uh, tell me about George, because certainly he has some, some pretty deep roots in the, in the Pac-12 sports community, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I think from, from my view and the view of a lot of Pac-12 fans that I've spoken with, he's, he's got one trait that really made him stand out above everybody else, and that's that he's not Larry Scott. Uh, okay. That, that's, that, that's pretty much what we know about him um he he doesn't like have a traditional sports background he from like college sports and what you would expect for like a commissioner he's more of like private business guy i think he was at like he was in vegas i think he was working at the mgm grand and i think that he had like i think there was some nexus between what he was doing and like sports events coming through Las Vegas. I, I take this as another step into Pac-12, basically just like relocating everything that matters in the conference to Las Vegas, because what could go wrong with that? Uh, well, given that it is absolutely legal to bet on sports uh, for athletes and especially college sports, like certainly that that has no problems. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to it's going to be it's going to be great. We're going to reload everything to uh, to Vegas. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do full college football seasons in Vegas bubble. It's 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 gonna go really well. Uh, and certainly, there's a uh, there's a, a Pac-12 team in, in Las Vegas, right? Um, no, no, okay. that would be a hard no. <laughs> okay, uh, and, like, and did, did we let like the Nevada Wolfpack in recently? Like, <laughs> like, like it would be it would be so funny if if uh, the Pac-12 went went full Jim Delaney. And was like, we're gonna bring in UNLV. And it's like UNLV is terrible at every sport, and and this guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we need the TV market. But we need the TV market. <laughs> we we need the eight hundred thousand people who live regularly in Las Vegas. The, <laughs> yeah, we got to bring in Rutgers. That's gonna it's gonna get the uh, the New York City TV market. It's like you realize people from New York City are like transplants from everywhere, and uh... usually Iowa. Usually Iowa. I don't recall running into that many Iowa people. Tons of Michigan people. Tons, tons of Michigan. Tons people. of Michigan people. Uh, the the Iowa people tend to be in Brooklyn, in my experience. Uh, huge Iowa contingent. I would not have taken the Iowa contingent for a Brooklyn bunch. Well, they probably punted on you know finding good real estate. But I'm <laughs> I'm happy with it. I don't care. Um, <laughs> So, so like, let's, let's, let's go back to this guy who, who has never touched sports in his life. Um, I think the funniest part about this is that he, so he, he, he was at MGM. That's great. He, he, he handled betting, but he also, uh, he also was at NBC. And so it's like, uh, it's like Larry Scott or the, the commissioners were like, okay, what was the biggest ratings game that we had in the last five years? Man, it was on NBC. Because I'm talking about obviously USC versus Notre Dame in any given year. It's mm. like, oh, NBC must really have their stuff together. We should probably get someone from NBC. While the rest of college football is like, just if you're going to hire an executive from a television studio, hire from ESPN. It's not yeah. that hard. <laughs> yeah, 
but it's it's like I feel like everybody in the sports world just like galaxy brains everything and it's like oh there's this thing that makes a ton of sense but we're smarter than that so let's do something different on some ludicrous basis that we are considering to be like a well-worn path to like jackpot it's like the south park episode where they're like oh yeah this is gonna be great like step one collect underpants like step one like do search step two like question mark step three profit it's like yeah yeah, yeah. uh just hire that guy uh and then something will happen and then we're gonna be really profitable now it's it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be great uh oh did you know that this guy was a uh Kliakov was a partner at perkins coey did not know that yeah I, I i gotta say if he's a lawyer i like him more already um you shouldn't <laughs> hey um what is it? Uh, Silver, the basketball commissioner, is a former lawyer. He's been great. Uh, well, he has and he hasn't, hasn't he? Uh, he's been great in growing the game and and in and in getting certain uh, TV money. He's been not so great in um, dealing with China. Well, I mean, <laughs> those two kind of go hand in hand. I mean, that's a huge growth market for the NBA, but. I mean, when you look at, like, the valuations that those teams have now and, like, how they've grown that over the past however many years, it is kind of it, – it's incredible. And, I mean, if you're the owners, like, his job is to grow the game and to, like, grow your value. And he's done a truly outstanding job of that. That's true. And also, he's – um, but he, he's, he's, like, widely hated among the players um, because he was the guy – he was David Stern's, like – attack dog during labor negotiations so stern could be like sort of like the aloof sort of oh, yeah. like friendly whatever and silver was the guy from i think he was a cravath guy yeah, um, he was. yeah uh for those of our listeners who are not lawyers uh cravath is what do we bama i, I, I don't know no comment <laughs> uh they are a very very good law firm um and they uh, they train lawyers who are very very good at um, being good at labor negotiations. So silver silver comes from that. But Klyukov, um he he's 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 got an interesting background. But like this is so in line with what we know about the Pac-12. You know, it's like just everything about it is like okay, how can we shoot ourselves in the foot here? Like what can we do to make sure that we're not going to do what we need to do? And, like, you can see this guy being like, no, 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 we're going to have different markets for the Pac-12 network. And now nobody has the Pac-12 network. Right? Like, like it was the easiest cash cow in the world, and Larry Scott couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, the Pac-12 network has basically just been, like, a drag on the conference. And, like, imagine that. Like, the Big Ten network brings $30 million to, to Rutgers every year. You know, the SEC network gives Vanderbilt all the money in the world. And the Pac-12 can't figure out how to leverage USC or Oregon. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, it's not that hard. Yeah. No, I mean, like it's, it's mind boggling, but I mean, for the, for the big 10, when you think of like some of those teams, like you think of fan bases that are like rabid that are like tuning into all of that. And the Pac-12 has a lot of fan bases where that's just like not the case that you're not going to get that same sort of like buy-in for 24 seven coverage for a bunch of the sports and for a bunch of the content but conference of champions Where, where's bill walton when i feel like you need uh, <laughs> one of those like dj buttons with like bill walton conference of champions <laughs> bill walton like... who picked five pac-12 teams to be in his final four 
because, you know, despite the fact that there could only be four, he was like, nope, definitely going to be five conference of champions. You're like, I don't think you understand how this works, Bill. And the worst part about it, the worst part about it was that like, you know, it ended up being one, but like, you were still like, damn it, Bill. <laughs> like you were close. <laughs> You're like, you were close. He was closer than most people. Uh, right. Who, who else had UCLA in their final four? I mean, I, I want to be clear here. I did have the person, the team winning uh, that play in game in the final four. Michigan State. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, but I mean, the Elite Eight had what? It had U- USC, UCLA, Oregon State. Yeah. Oregon I mean, State. that's that's pretty nuts. But yeah, that, I mean, that was insane. That was a, a, an outsized performance by the Pac-12 because. I mean, Oregon made it to the Sweet 16, only losing to USC, another Pac-12 team. Colorado, I think, was Sweet 16. Um, like, everybody showed up. It was it was nuts. Um, and then now's the time where we point out that um, despite all of this, uh, none of them have any money. <laughs> correct, yes. And so even you could say, thanks to Larry Scott, they're playing at a disadvantage because Rutgers is $30 million of uh, – Big Ten money in the bank, and I don't know what any of the Pac-12 schools have, but I it's, definitely, not, it's, it's definitely not going as well as it is for Big Ten. Um, and so, and so, I, you know, I mean, look, like you would think that a guy who's coming from Vegas and NBC would know how to make money, um, and would know how to 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 to, to funnel money properly, um, but you know, still, like still. You, you 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 went out and you got another business person. You got another Dave Brandon in to do, you know, if it if it if, if it's not broke, break it. Like stuff like stupid, like stuff like that. Well, it it is broke. So at least they've got that going for them. Is you're they, like you're already riding around on a square wheel. So uh, you know, there's only so many ways it can it can get worse. That's true. Uh, also, we can we can say definitively that um, that this guy is actually pretty intelligent because uh, he used the Raiders moving to Vegas to sell off the uh, Las Vegas WNBA team. Oh, clever! How how did he do that? He sent he he sold them to Mark Davis. Was that like part of the package of them getting to come to? Uh come to vegas maybe 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 i don't know but he cashed out smart enough move but hey but you know now little did he know he was about to revitalize las vegas even more as a sports mecca by putting every single thing in the pac-12 there so uh, cannot wait cannot wait for the annual las vegas kickoff game that takes place at 5 p.m local uh on september 1st in the caesar's palace in the season, wouldn't actually that would be the, the the best possible use of Las Vegas is if you could like put a football stadium in the middle of one of those casinos, um, I would go to that game. That would I'd be pretty. That, that would be pretty hilarious. Just just to see, just 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 to see how they did it. That would be amazing. Isn't there yeah. like like Pirates Bay or something? Just like put that entire body of water, just like cover it up throw a football field on it and like, let the boys play coach. Let the boys play. Even, even Jerry Jones is like, guys, this is a little much. It's a little much. <laughs> Things Jerry Jones has never said. Uh, yeah. Jerry Jones has never looked at a situation and been like, let's tone it down. No. Um, <laughs> so... bring, bring out the sparklers and the, uh, the, the glitter and the confetti. 
you're like we, we already have a ton and he's like more but what if we had more confetti um jerry jones, jerry jones everybody so uh actually notable uh longtime listener to the pod jerry jones Oh yeah, no, he he calls in all the time. He's all he's got some yeah, good good commentary. <laughs> uh we can't ever uh play it because um, you know, it's occasionally racist, but the man's from Arkansas. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> little little profanity laden uh, you know, racism, but uh, apologies to our, Yeah, apologies to our two Arkansas listeners. Um we we don't have any Arkansas listeners, I don't think. But that you so, know of that I know of, right. So let's let's uh, shift over to uh, to the to the Philadelphia well sort of the Philadelphia uh, aspect of your your correspondence. Um, yeah, of course. So uh, we just found out about two minutes before recording that you live down the street from a professional soccer team. Is that correct? Yes, that that is a hundred percent correct. It's you know it's not a I don't know the Philly nexus that you're going for. I now realize I've also used nexus twice since I've been on, which is odd. I mean, um, uh, as, as long as, as long as you're not driving around in a Lexus, it's fine. I am not. No, uh, <laughs> there, there is no nexus between this conversation and Alexis. Uh, please, please sponsor us. Lexus Nexus, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, so, so I, 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 because Philly doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a soccer team on the women's side. They do have a, a men's team who we'll talk about in a second because they did something funny. But I, I think that you're, you, you adopt New Jersey where there is no local Philly team. Like, are, are we good with that? It depends on the part of Jersey, but yes, I would say that that is, that is a fair assessment. Right. Like, well, I, I mean, I assume that like when like, uh, like if, if the, if the flyers were out of the, the playoffs, you would all be devil's fans. Now, that one's a little bit tougher, though, because, I mean, that's like saying, oh, you know, New York's close to Philly, so you're going to root for those teams. The problem with the closeness is, like, they're your rivals. You generally don't like them. So it doesn't – but I guess if in, like, the absence of a Philly team, you know, you, right. you kind of pick whoever's nearby. Right. Like, it's not like, ah, uh, there's no Philly team. We are all Portland Thorns fans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the New York, New Jersey Gotham football club. That's weird name. I I like leaning into Gotham. That's, that's like an aspect I can get on board with when, when I'm like picking teams and leagues and that like I have that are new or that like I have not followed for a long time, like funny and ridiculous names and uniforms go a long way. And actually, you know what? The the uh, the uniform, the home jerseys are actually pretty slick. It's like they've got a, a a black base with a like a teal green neon stripe. It's actually pretty cool. I I, I will take your word for it at the moment. <laughs> um, I mean, so and 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 as as is well known to to listeners of the pod, you are big big on jerseys of soccer teams because yeah. I don't I don't think you're otherwise aware of soccer teams. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's that's a fairly fair statement. <laughs> um, so last bit of uh, last bit of of I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, three minutes to defend Philadelphia against the slander of Russell Westbrook. Go. I mean, it's popcorn, dude. Like, <laughs> like how many times have we like thrown popcorn at our friends? I, I took it as a loving gesture from a fan, being like, "Hey, Russ, 
have some popcorn on your way out. Sorry you got hurt. Um, you know, popcorn fights are just fun. I mean, if somebody was like throwing batteries, for example, that would be totally different. Or snowballs at Santa, but who would do a thing like that? Philly would never do anything like exactly. that. <laughs> would never do anything like that. Popcorn. Popcorn is what we throw. We're talking about popcorn. We're talking about popcorn. <laughs> Not batteries. Not batteries. Popcorn. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess the next time we uh, the next time we see you, uh, Philly will uh, I don't know be losing to an actual good team in basketball, and you all will be despondent. Yeah. No. That I mean that sounds pretty par for the course. Um, you know, being a, I I am actually surprised that they're so up in the series right now. I I pretty much figured that like they were going to drop one of these first two games just to send like a shock through the fan base where we're like, oh, gosh, not again. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, uh, I think that Washington is not very good. Um, Russ, Russ is like fun, but at this point in his career, I, I mean, he's a, a shorter Ben Simmons with a worse three-point stroke. A worse three-point stroke I, than Ben Simmons. I said you're, what I said. You're <laughs> We there we don't even there's not even enough time to get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, all right. Uh, well, Tim, uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, I assume you're going down the shore because that's what you do every weekend. Yeah, it's, it's raining. Why? Why would I go to the shore? Why wouldn't you go to the shore? Because it's, then you're sitting in a shore house outside, just lamenting the fact that you cannot go to the beach. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true. You know, maybe maybe if you didn't live in a place where it constantly rained. But hey, that's none of my business. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tim. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Once again, a special thank you to our guests, Tim and Greg. Um, we will be back a little later this week to discuss the Nations League and a preview of that, as well as whatever comes up in the world of the pigskin. Um, Once again, this episode was brought to you by the Anchor app and the Smith Workforce Management Group. Uh, You can find the Touchlines and Touchdown podcast on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, where they're talking football, football, whatever else comes up, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, We do not have an Instagram yet. We will be getting one of those uh, pretty soon, we believe, um, as well as a youtube account uh when we can figure out how to live stream games so uh please make sure to give us a a good review like subscribe five stars all that on spotify or apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast so once again thank you so much for sticking with us and we'll see you next time sports social podcast network